In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I came to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. Luke 12, 49. Do not suppose that I came to give peace on earth, but division. And again, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. But Christ is telling us that there is a clear contrast between the way the world works and the way the kingdom of God works. We are saved in community, but we perish alone. This means that in community, there's going to be friction. One doesn't have friction. A bunch rubbing together have friction. And we have to deal with it. But we have to deal with it in the way that God prescribes. And He does give us prescription. The part about the sword is that it clearly divides between what is the kingdom of God and what is not the kingdom of God. And when we do things according to the kingdom of God, the result is blessing and love and fruitfulness. So what does God advise us? When we bump up against each other in our lives, how should we deal with it in order for it to be fruitful? Well, in Matthew 7, he starts out by telling us, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn them and tear you in pieces. So God tells us not to judge, but he doesn't tell us to ignore. There's three ways we can deal with conflict in a church. We can deal with it by exploding the way of the world. We can deal with it by ignoring the way of the world. Or we can deal with it the way Christ calls us to deal with it. And he tells us, first, don't judge. And then he tells us, to take the log out of your own eye. What's the log in your own eye? Well, we know we get riled up against each other. And that log in our eye is not the issue that riles us up. It's the anger and hatred in our heart. He says, take that out of your eye, the log, he calls it, 
And then you can see clearly to do this delicate operation. And by the time the log is out of your own eye, you will be humble. And what you say will be said in love and peace. Later on in Matthew, he gives us another prescription. He says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. And put him out of the assembly is what they're recommending, and the church body will be stronger for it. This prescription of how church discipline should be brought about is the only way for people to grow and mature in faith. We can ignore issues and sweep them under the rug, and we will put the word fun in dysfunctional. Or we can explode and let our garbage and wrath all over everybody and we'll become a contentious place. But the way God tells us to deal with it is the only prescription for bringing life and growth in our relationships. Each of our vocation, as defined uh, up in the Crossroads ministry, is our unique and ongoing response to the call by Christ to love God with all our might, all our strength, all our soul, all our mind, and our neighbor as ourself. You'll notice something about that prescription. It has nothing to do with age. It has nothing to do with gender. It has nothing to do with status. It is a prescription for everyone. And you'll notice something else about that prescription. It's a dynamic prescription. It's not a static one. It's an ongoing response. And it's a response initiated by Christ himself. So it's really a formula for growth. We're called to grow. So the trials and tribulations we encounter in life are not meant to be stumbling blocks. They are meant to be opportunities. And as the magnitude of the vocation increases, so does the preparation. I want to read you something about the challenges that the Virgin Mary faced the temptations that she faced in her ongoing response to Christ's call. The sword referred to in the Gospel of Luke, in the scene in which Mary presents her eight-day-old son to God in the temple, offers another powerful lesson about our vocation. 
And this is the quote. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. What is this sword? Fourth century Bishop St. Basil the Great says, It is the word that tries and judges our thoughts, which pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of our thoughts. St. Basil maintained that at the cross, at the hour of Jesus' passion, every soul was subjected to a kind of searching. Mary herself standing by the cross even though she had long ago heard the voice of Gabriel and been privy to the secret mystery of the divine conception, felt in her soul a mighty tempest. Mary herself, beholding what was being done to her son and hearing the chorus of mocking voices around her, reached a moment of doubt. The sword of which Simeon spoke so many years before had opened her heart And there lay a vestige of the old Eve. Some doubt, says St. Basil. Despite the fact that a certain swift healing came from the Lord to Mary following the resurrection, which confirmed her faith in Him, there was a dark moment, a time of terror, when her heart contained what all human nature contains, doubt and the struggle between the old nature and the new nature in Christ Jesus. Finding one's vocation is a process dependent on growth in the life of Christ. God is a loving but demanding Father, and He will afford opportunities for us to replace our old human nature with a nature that lives in His Son. These opportunities, in many cases, will require that we enter the humiliation and suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mary herself had to bear the humiliation and anguish of seeing her son die on the cross, a necessary step in her communion with him. Falsely assuming that suffering cannot come from the hand of God, we try to avoid or wriggle out of difficult circumstances with difficult people. We begin to question lofty gospel passages, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. We begin to reason, surely the Lord could not have meant that. I've been unjustly treated, and all the people around me are dysfunctional. Surely he meant that I should correct them and demand my rights. Little by little, we erode the gospel message, and little by little, God's call becomes fainter and fainter. The Virgin Mary struggling to the end with her vocation overcame all personal temptation. So admirable was her victory that the Eastern Orthodox Church proclaims her to be more honorable than the cherubim and more glorious beyond compare than the seraphim. If we don't do it God's way, if we don't learn to face temptation and act as he has called us to act, we empty the gospel of its power. 
and we mistakenly start spreading our own gospel and calling evil good and good evil and making the kingdom of God mundane, earthly, and hellish. But if we submit ourselves to God and follow Him in obedience, we will see His glory revealed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.